Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. everybody. Welcome to the Drinks with Jess podcast. I'm Jess Brandish, your host, and this is where we bring the LGBTQ community together and its allies to share each other's missions and help each other grow. I hope everybody is still staying calm, kind of staying home, staying safe, getting that shot in the arm, masking up if you feel like it, because we are not out of the woods yet. But if you are new to listening to the show, please go on to dwjphl.com for all of our social media links, links to some of our archive shows, and of course, your Drinks with Jess swag. By the way, you will see a list of proud sponsors of the Drinks with Jess podcast Tri-State Pride 2022 tour. It has been amazing so far. We still have more cities to go to. This coming weekend, I will be at Berks, Montgomery County's uh, Prides, and uh, actually that's a dual pride, I believe. And then I actually get to take a break until July when I go to the capital of Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, for Central Pennsylvania's Pride, which is always a good time. Um, I actually love going there. But make sure you check out the sponsors. And I want to give a big shout out to all of them. So Niu for being our official beverage sponsor. We have G&G Real Estate Group. They are amazing. We have K2 Creative and PR. We have uh, Aurora Corialis Publishing. We have Inspiring Lives International. We have, geez, uh, there's so many. We have Lynn Contracting. We have Dolan's Pub here in Delco, my favorite place to go to uh, for an afternoon drink. We have the Recovery Road Podcast, and we also have uh, one more that I, uh, there's always one that I forget, and I can't understand why there's always one. There's a whole list, and there's always one that I forget, and I will get back to that. But um, Wow. Today has been an amazing day. And for all of you out there that have not come up to see me at Pride, I have met so many wonderful people. But for all of you out there who have not seen any of the interviews that we did live, I will be putting those together for our next couple of shows to take me through July until I get to Harrisburg. And of course, uh, you will see all of that. But today, you know me, I can't help myself because I took a two-week vacation. And now I'm back because I've been watching the January 6th committee hearings. And of course, with me to divulge all the information that we need to know about is my favorite journalist in the world, Mr. Nathan James. Nathan, we have a lot to talk about, sir. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jess. Of course, I'm always happy to be here on Drinks with Jess. And yes, I'm in full gag nation with what we have seen in the last two hearings. It's just absolutely breathtaking in terms of the scope of how far Trump and his people were willing to go to overthrow the legitimately elected government of the United States. These four hearings that we've seen so far, it's like each one has brought more and more to the table. And I, I want to discuss First of all, before we get into today's hearing, which for all of you out there watching and listening, um, it's going to be Friday when you get this, but it is Thursday when we're recording this because we're doing it right after the hearings. But uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday was phenomenal, especially with Ruby Freeman and her daughter, who obviously were um, were election workers, who were being bullied, who were being targeted, and I felt so awful. I don't think I've felt that awful ever watching something. You could see it in, in, in their, just in their hearts, how, how horrifying it is. Not to be able to go anywhere, not feel safe going anywhere, being attacked by the leader of the country 
which is, I'm sorry, but just disgusting. And uh, it, it, it just, it, I mean, I know a lot of election officials all over the country were being, you know, harassed and whatever, but they were targeted to the point where now they are national figures. So break this down for me, because does it seem to you like this was a part of the plan? Yes, I do. I think this was part of a coordinated plan by Trump and his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, to specifically target these unfortunate women. You know, these are women, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, that are doing their duty. They're actually upholding the Constitution by allowing a full, free, and fair election to take place in Fulton County. Mm -hmm. And for them to be targeted the way they were by the president of the United States and his attorney, like you pointed out, it was perhaps the most disgusting thing that has come out of the hearings so far. And I do think it was part of a coordinated plan, and I think the coordinated plan was this. Mm -hmm. Jay Moss, in her testimony to the committee, said, was asked by Adam Schiff, whether anyone that was working with her on November 3rd, 2020 in the Fulton County Election Board was still working today, and she said not a single one. And by terrorizing Shay and her mother, by making national examples that are based on one of the grossest lies ever to come out of the White House since the Nixon administration, mm -hmm. what they did was they also terrorized every other member of the election board in Fulton County, and they all quit. So what's the plan? How many Republicans or Trump loyalists have replaced those women and all of their colleagues? What mm -hmm. happens to the integrity of an election in Fulton County if people who really believe in the process don't want to do these jobs, don't want to be in these positions, because they're afraid Trump will single them out and turn their lives upside down as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, and, and you have been uh, elected judge of elections in your area. And your particular precinct was one that Trump went after, wasn't it? Yes, it was one of several districts in Philadelphia that Trump specifically challenged in his attempts to get the results overturned through the courts. He challenged Philadelphia eight separate times, and he lost eight separate times. And each of those eight cases was presented to a different judge each time by Rudy Giuliani himself. Wow. So how are you going to, and we'll get to today's hearing in a second, but how do you think that you're going to handle it if there's, you know, some kind of cahoots going on? during the midterm elections? Well, we're going to do our elections just as we've always done. The elections in Philadelphia have been proven time and time again, including in the courts, to be very secure. If Trump or his supporters attempt to intimidate mm -hmm. or discourage or interfere with an election, mm -hmm. we will handle it according to procedure. Now, me personally, uh, after seeing what was done to Shay and her mother, yes, I will admit it, it raises concerns for me. It raises concerns for me on multiple levels because before 2020, nobody would have imagined that a president of the United States would do this to an ordinary American citizen. And how, how did they find them? That's my thing. Like, how did they know to target these two women, know their names, know where they live, know which precinct they were in? Like, how is that possible unless there was somebody on the inside who was Team Trump divulged that information? That's an excellent question, one, one which I'm almost positive we are going to learn in the coming days and weeks because now these two women, willingly or unwillingly, are now national figures. As you pointed out, they are in the national spotlight, and I think that some investigative journalism will bring to light the process by which Trump and his henchmen, and I'm using that word very pointedly, discovered who these women were and decided to make examples of them. Mm -hmm. Giuliani specifically said they were passing USB drives like heroin or crack dealers. I mean, the racial overtones of this whole thing are stunning. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And 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 when we found out what was really going on, that Shay's mother was giving her a ginger mint. Right? Not a USB port. Not a USB port, not anything remotely sinister or improper. If uh, I would have been the if I would have been Rudy Giuliani or anybody else who said, oh, she she was handing over a USB port when they actually saw the footage. After she testified, I would be freaking embarrassed. I would I would crawl in a hole. I would not expect Rudy Giuliani, given his current behavior, to distinguish the difference between a USB drive and a ginger mint to begin with. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm not the only one who said that. Stephen Colbert said it last night before me. So um, I just want to point out that Yes, they made. I do not want to be in the same position when I do the work of the election board here in Philadelphia, where I might potentially be targeted by people very high up in the chain against my extremely limited ability to effectively fight back. Right. Well, it's a, it's funny that you mentioned Stephen Colbert. It was like Rachel Maddow last night, and I am. The one thing I like about all these hearings is that she's been back on the air more than just on Mondays because I miss that. But she was saying, okay, did they plan this? Yes. Did they know it was illegal? Yes. Did they do it anyway? Yes. Are they going to get convicted? We don't know yet. You know, it's like it's all of these these things. And you know how I like to break things down to elementary school level. Because I think it's just easy for everybody to understand. But if they are not above the law, there is no reason with all of this stuff that has come out, millions of people have been watching these hearings. We watched the insurrection. We have heard Trump's speeches over years. We know that this is the case. Prosecute them. Like, if it was any other citizen, prosecute. Okay, you don't want to prosecute them in office because there's no law against doing that. They just don't because they don't want the, the person to be stressed while they're trying to run the government. Well, guess what? If they've done that much shit, they shouldn't even be running the government, period. Get them out. And now that he is no longer a president, Get him out. And I know people say there are going to be repercussions and Republicans are going to throw a fit. I think a lot of Republicans now are scared because when we saw the hearings today, we first of all saw we saw um, Richard Donahue, Jeff Rosen, who was phenomenal, and we saw Engel, right? The biggest thing that struck me – well, one of the biggest things that struck me today was when – Mr. Donahue was talking, and he had his handwritten notes, and he said this was a direct quote from the president, and it said, well, just say it was corrupt and let me and the congressman do the rest. And he said that was a direct quote from the president that I wrote down when he called me at night and started asking me all these things, and I started writing it down. I mean, you can't get more blatant than that well you can but we're going to get to that later in the show but you're right donahue had the presence of mind to take notes as any good attorney would let alone one who was as high up in the justice department as he was and i think that says a lot that not only was trump pressuring the attorney general and the deputy attorney general of the united states to just go along with the plan say it was corrupt and my Republican congressman will take it from there, I can't think of a louder indictment of both Trump's behavior and of his cohorts in Congress Mm -hmm. that were willing to do this. The fact that we now know who asked for pardons from Trump in the days after the insurrection is another thing because it's clear and convincing evidence of guilt. You don't ask again for a pardon. 
unless you are guilty of something, you have to admit guilt to receive the pardon. And none of these people have even been charged for the crime yet. Well, so here's you. my question. And, and I love that you brought up the pardons. I'm so, going to read out the names in, in, in a few minutes. And, and I'm going to have a question about that. But apparently there were, he had blanket pardons for some of the staff, um, you know, some, I guess, other blanket pardons for people who are, I mean, this is crazy. And some of them were, some of the people asked in December for these pardons. Yes. And we didn't even, we didn't even get to the, the vote counting yet in the joint let alone, Congress. Let alone the insurrection. That's right. And there's a legal term for this. It's called mens rea. It means the guilty mind. Mm-hmm. State of mind in which you know, in which you had intent to do wrong and you did wrong and you knew it was illegal, which is, of course, one of the cornerstones of all the hearings. And yeah, right, you have people asking for pardons. Trump himself, just a few days ago, dangled blanket pardons for everyone the Justice Department has charged so far in the insurrection if he gets reelected for president. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? We're talking about over 800 people so far. Well, you know what? What we're going to do, because I want to know what this list is, and I want all of you to know who these people are, and I'm sure there are more. But uh, stay with us, Nathan. Stay with me, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Drinks with Jess. Stay tuned. The Drinks with Jess is making a big splash. It's time to join forces and step outside of our comfort zones. There is strength in union. It's time for people to tell their stories and make a difference. That is what we aim to do. The Drinks with Jess podcast is where we bring the LGBT community and its allies together to share each other's missions and help each other grow. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Bringing you amazing guests that cover a wide variety of topics and are inclusive to all cultures and communities. Join us on this amazing journey. Everyone, welcome back to the Drinks with Jess podcast. Thanks for sticking with us today. I have, of course, my favorite journalist, Nathan James, with me. We are discussing the fourth day of the January 6th committee hearings and uh, January 6th committee hearings. I thought I just said January 4th. I'm thinking about July 4th because I know there's going to be fireworks and I'm going to be stuck in a closet, which no gay person should ever have to do. Um, and one day we will do a show on everything that's going on because there's a lot in LGBT news that we need to cover uh, one of these days. But Nathan and I are discussing this because we are political freaks and we this is how we get our rocks off is watching C-SPAN. So Nathan, you were talking about people who came and asked for pardons. And one thing struck me, and I'm not going to say it until you announce the list of people that asked for pardons, because we all know that there are a lot more that were in cahoots with this whole thing. But I want you to divulge that information for the public, and many of us know who they are, but some of them, they may not. So you take it away. It's all yours. Okay, this is a roll call of the members of Congress, Republicans, every single one of them, who asked President Trump to pardon them in the days immediately following January 6th insurrection. They are Representatives Andy Biggs of Arizona, Louie Gohmert of Texas, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, and Matt Gates of Florida. All of them requested that they be pardoned by President Trump before he left office. And remember, we're only talking about a time frame of two weeks between January 6th and the 20th of January when Biden was sworn in. Mm-hmm. Now, you think about this, all of these are sitting members of Congress, all of them are running for re-election, and all of them essentially admitted their complicity or their role in the attempted coup of January 6th. Yeah, well, what amazed me about this, well, so there was a woman, and they showed her recorded testimony, and I guess she was part of the staff, and she said, well, Gomert asked me for, you know, requested the pardon. I know Matt Gates did. I know Rick Perry did. And Rick Perry's of Pennsylvania, by the way, which is the state that we are in. And Andy Biggs and Mo Brooks. Here's my question. They asked about Jim Jordan. And they said, well, or the woman said, well, he 
talks about pardons, but I don't rem- I don't know if he asked for one. And she said Marjorie Taylor Greene did not ask her. So she went directly to either Meadows or Trump or something. But when I was watching the joint session of Congress for the counting of the Electoral College votes, the first person to stand up when they asked for Arizona, the first person to stand up to question the vote count was Ted Cruz. So I am really surprised he was not named on that list. That we know of yet. These are the members of Congress that we know for certain ask for pardons. I think there will be others that are revealed as time goes by. It would surprise me a great deal mm-hmm. if Ted Cruz's name was not on that list. That's what I would think. I would think that Ted Cruz's name would be on that list, Cancun Cruz. Well, one of the things that's interesting is that so far, the names that we have from Congress are all members of the House. We haven't yet gotten to the Senate yet, and there are several more hearings to come that mm-hmm. are going to be held in July and possibly even in August. And you heard Benny Thompson say, in light of new evidence, mm-hmm. we're going to have more hearings. That is so, that is true, and and you know uh, that that brings up a good point because I I didn't realize that everybody that was listed are representatives and not senators, and there were plenty of senators, plenty of senators that were backing Trump and spreading the big lie and, you know, claiming fraud. And uh, like when Ted Cruz stood up and and he said, I'll sign this. Was it signed by a senator? I'll sign it. He was the first one to stand up there and do that. And it it was very disheartening not to hear that. But it's going to be very interesting when the senator list comes out. And I do think that they should make it public. But my question is, As we know this information, we are not at midterms yet. These people who are involved, these people who are mentioned in the hearings, these people who are a part of this process should not be allowed to be on the ballot. And even if they're on the ballot now, strike them off. Say, forget it. Sorry. Because in my mind, this whole thing, trying to take over the DOJ, trying to put your own people in positions to help you not just win or run the government. He specifically put people in there, not just judges, not just senators, not just, you know, representatives, even people in in the uh, election precincts. He is trying to place everybody in that will help him overturn the election. That will help him cheat to win if he runs in 2024. That, to me, is just so telling. So anybody who has been involved with this should not be allowed to be a leader of this country. It's it's blasphemy. I mean, it, it, it drives me crazy, Nathan, that they think that these people are respectable enough. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion... When I look at people who are in the Senate, and this is old school Senate, not the shit show that we see now, not the clown car coming in on two wheels with some red noses. But when people were a part of the government and in those positions that they were elected for, there was a sense of class. There was a sense of respect. There was a sense of aspiration. There was a sense of role model in those people and now i'm sorry but if your five-year-old child thinks she wants to grow up and be marjorie taylor green not a good role model should not be leading the country period and also anybody who did this insurrection anybody's involved treason it is straight forward treason and i'm surprised during the hearings that they have not said that word they will say insurrection they will say capital riots. They will say they have not said the word treason. And this whole thing, if you are trying to overthrow the government, that is treasonous, especially if you are the president. Well, let me start let me start with this. For the first time in the hearing today, you didn't hear them use the word coup. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a coup d'etat implies by definition treason. Mm-hmm. But let me let me backtrack a little bit. Wasn't Trump the one that said that treason is punishable by death? Actually, the Constitution says Well, that. I know they say that, but he reiterated it when he was campaigning. Yes, he did. But but let me just let me just make a couple of points. Um, 
One, I agree with you. Every member of Congress that is found to have asked Trump for a pardon and therefore has acknowledged their complicity in his attempted coup should be indicted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The second thing, one of the things that came out, the main the bulk of the testimony today revolved around uh, an assistant attorney general in the Justice Department named Jeffrey Clark. He was the man that Trump wanted to install as the attorney general because he knew that Jeffrey Clark would help him carry out his plan to overturn the election. And it's a little like the Saturday Night Massacre during the Nixon administration in the darkest days of Watergate. And for our younger viewers who may not be familiar with that and why it's relevant to what's going on today, it's because during Watergate, there was an issue with whether the White House should be ordered to turn over the tapes, tape recordings of Nixon and his aides plotting the Watergate scandal to the special prosecutor who had been appointed to look into these things. The special prosecutor then demanded that the White House turn over the tapes to his office. Nixon, instead of complying with the special prosecutor, asked his attorney general to fire the special prosecutor. Mm -hmm. His attorney general, citing principle and that this would be flagrantly illegal, refused. Mm -hmm. Trump, um, I'm sorry, Nixon then fired the special prosecutor and appointed the deputy attorney, um, fired the attorney general, appointed his deputy as attorney general and asked him to fire the special prosecutor. That deputy also refused and was in turn fired by Nixon. Nixon then asked Robert Bork, who at the time was the Solicitor General of the United States, the White House's lawyer, to fire the special prosecutor, which he did. So we see parallels between that and here where Jeff Rosen, Richard Richard Donahue, and Mr. Engel all testified clearly today that Trump was told by members of the Justice Department over and over again they were not going to co-sign his attempts to overthrow the election, that there was no evidence of fraud, that they would not do it. You heard Rosen say that, I'm not going to do it. You heard Donahue say that, I'm not going to do it. Engel, who is the chief of the Office of Legal Counsel that advises the White House on legal matters of the law, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. Okay, Trump says, I'm going to get somebody who can. And even before January 6th, as we saw, the White House was already listing Jeffrey Clark as the acting attorney general. Mm -hmm. It's just mind-boggling. I I think all the information has been so damning. And I feel like when it comes to the American people, and many of us have been watching and following and we're intelligent enough and care enough to make this important enough to view and to learn the facts. But I feel like Trump, not Trump's administration, I mean, it came from him. Because he's like, he's like a pickpocket, like the sleight of hand. You know, he wants there to be chaos and confusion because that way he's under the radar. Like, hey, nobody knows who Jeffrey Clark is. Half the people who are probably watching today didn't realize who Jeffrey Jeffrey Clark was. Half the people probably didn't realize that Rosen took over after Barr. You know what I mean? It's like that sleight of hand, like, hey, look over here. Let me grab your wallet. Hey, look over here. Let me put somebody else in office. Hey, look over here. Let me put this guy in office. Hey, look over here. I'm putting shredded fake votes into a suitcase. You know, like, I, I feel like that's that's his thing. And And there are, what, 79 million people, 74 million people, 71 million people that voted for him. These people need to go back to school and educate themselves because not only was he doing the sleight of hand, but he directed everybody else to do a sleight of hand. And there are those that have been present that finally said enough. And uh, you and I did not get to do a show uh, the other day, the same day that um, that um, that Ruby was on. But when the uh, 
when the gentlemen from Georgia were speaking. It was heated. It was heated when he had a press conference, which it wasn't um, it wasn't the secretary of state. It was his chief of operations. His chief of operations. When he was speaking, when they showed him speaking, you know, doing a, a press conference and he said enough. I wish more Republicans would stand up and say enough because he's dragging all that. And I think they know it. I think they know that he's dragging all of them in the dirt. And he's throwing all of them under the bus. And if they were smart, instead of trying to still do the sleight of hand that he wants them to do, they would stand up and say, forget it, because they're hopefully all going to get indicted, but he will still be at large. Don't take the fall for the main guy. He's not going to help you. He doesn't care. For all those representatives and all those senators and all those local and state officials that were sitting there touting Trump, 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 touting the big lie, he ain't going to help you. He doesn't give two shits. And I guarantee, and I guarantee, and we said this on the show before, because you said it's going to be a really awkward Christmas because when Ivanka's testimony showed up and now with this HBO documentary where even Mike Pence, you know, got the text that he had to send something to somebody or whatever, and you could see the look on his face. And it's like, there's got to be a point where the switch clicks on people and say, listen, I'm not taking the fall for this guy. Even Ivanka, I mean, at least she said, yeah, I agreed with Bill Barr. She well, wasn't going to take the fall for daddy. She doesn't have to. Jared Kushner has enough money. She doesn't need her dad's money. I think one thing, and I'm going to come back to this, Trump had a full two weeks to pardon people, including the members of Congress that asked him to do it. He could have pardoned them as president. And they would have not said a peep about anything. We wouldn't be watching these hearings today. Mm -hmm. But he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So no one should expect that Trump will pardon them in the future when he had a full two weeks to do it in the past and failed to do it. Yeah. None of these people that are, quote, standing up, unquote, for Trump are going to benefit from that because, like you said, their name is not Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is the only one who has so far shown himself to be above the law in this whole ugly proceeding. Yeah. I, I really do think that they need to make a demonstration out of him. And I said this before to you. When I was a teacher, kids were running rampant. And I finally said to the principal, listen, this kid did this. He needs to be suspended or expelled or whatever. I don't care. But unless you do that, these kids are still going to be pulling the same bullshit. And he finally, finally pulled some kid aside and set an example. And at that point, everybody else, choop, done. We will always have the possibility, if you vote for a crazy person, have the possibility of all this shit going on forever. Unless you make an example and say, listen. If you want to be the president, that's great. Whoever's running for president, that's great. But we are looking into you, and the minute you start pulling this crap, you're out. We're not even waiting until your term's over. We will impeach you. We will not acquit you. You will be out. Out. And you know what? I think the people should vote on that. I don't think it should be the senators. I think if they did an impeachment or they do an investigation like this, let the American people vote if he's – well, if you reason, should go to pr prison or not. That's what I think. The Let reason, us vote. The reason that there's a high bar for impeachment is very simple. The founders wanted to make sure this would not be used by one party to bludgeon the other party politically. No, I get that. What I'm saying is when we watch the impeachment hearings, at that point, let the American people vote on it. Let us watch the hearings, make us responsible for educating ourselves and watching the facts. Let us, because I know a lot of people who are Republican, and there are some Republican, GO, uh, there are some GOP members who are now saying, I would not support him in 2024. There are some that are coming to their senses. So you know what? You show the American public everything, the impeachment hearings, the testimonies, the whatever. 
then say, the American people, you're voting on this. Well, I don't know that putting it up to a vote would be any different than any other political campaign because you would have both sides agitating for their particular outcome. Not necessarily, because if it's damning like this, and I'm starting to see people who are Republican that are like, I'm not voting for this guy again, or I would not support him again. They may support another candidate on that side. That's fine. But they're not going to support this type of shit anymore. That's when you start to see, wow, all of these Republicans said, yeah, you got to go. It's not just a democratic thing. It's a human being thing that believes in our country and believes in the Constitution. True, true. But in the case of Trump and in the case of the members of Congress that also participated in this coup attempt, as you pointed out, the offense is so egregious that it cannot be left up to merely political solution. Every single one of them, including Trump, needs to be indicted and brought before the bar to answer for what they did. Mm -hmm. And what they did was a blatant attempt to destroy our democracy, take over the government, and turn our republic into a dictatorship. I, I think that everybody involved knows that this is an act of treason. And in the Constitution, treason is death. They're fucking scared. Well, I don't think it'll get to that. But what I do see happening... I, I say it's in the Constitution. Well, you want to be I a traditionalist? Do. You want to tout that you're a traditionalist? Good. Well, guess what? That's what's written in the Constitution. Go at it. Well, I, Go I, at I, it. <laughs> I do see the members that have so far been identified as having asked for a pardon becoming the targets of Justice Department investigations, as mm -hmm. they should. Mm -hmm. And I think that they will also have significant challenges going forward in the, into the midterm elections mm -hmm. since every member of the House is running. Well, let me ask you a question because you talk about the Department of Justice. So let's let's talk about Merrick Garland for a second. And I was, I was very impressed uh, to hear news last night that the National Archives is still sending them the, the committee. More for, they're like, here, we have this for you. Here, we have this for you. Um, but Merrick Garland was just in the Ukraine, and I'm very happy that he went to, to show our support. Um, but I, I really want him to go, like, full gusto on this. And I feel as if he's very meek. And I'm sure behind the scenes, he's a very smart man. I'm sure behind the scenes, he has things going on, and he has things, you know, happening I want to see some kind of progress. And everybody's waiting for it. Everybody's waiting to see some kind of progress because he was supposed to be a Supreme Court justice if it wasn't for Mitch McConnell saying, hey, we're not even going to give him a hearing. So do your job. It's in plain sight. The insurrection was in plain sight. We all watched it for six fucking hours. Half of us are watching these hearings. We see all the evidence on a bipartisan committee, and Liz Cheney, again, as much as I don't agree with her politics, she is doing a wonderful, wonderful job standing up as a human being who believes in the Constitution. I full, flat out will say that hands down. Merrick Garland, do your job. The American people are calling for him to do his job. There's not one thing on Twitter that says Merrick Garland shouldn't worry about this stuff. They are all saying if they do not prosecute him, they are going to lose. We've already lost our belief in the Supreme Court. Or we already lost our faith in Congress. If it's the Department of Justice, I can tell you right now, if there is not something that he does to Trump, who started this whole shit show, the whole nation will think that they could do whatever they want. Well, Because I can tell you, if somebody ever comes after me from the government, I'm going to say, well, guess what? Everybody else can do it, so am I. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to go to this court session. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I seriously would say, I'd, I'd play a Trump on that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it that. I'm going to play a Trump on that. If anybody were to ever, if I got a speeding ticket, I ain't paying this. 
You think Trump paid it? I didn't pay it. If it's if it's good for him, if he's above the law when nobody's supposed to be above the law, guess what? So am I. It's going to be total anarchy. Well, I do think that Merrick Garland is not only looking very closely at what's coming out of these hearings, I do think behind the scenes the wheels are already turning, not just for the minor players or the semi-major players, but Trump himself. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't know if there isn't already a grand jury hearing evidence because that would necessarily be a secret proceeding. Mm-hmm. But I do know that everything that is coming out of these hearings, because it's being done under oath, because it's a congressional proceeding, is legally discoverable by the Justice Department. They can use it as evidence to build a case against all of the players involved. So I do think we're going to see action by the Justice Department. It may not come as swiftly as you or some other people might like, but I do think it will come, and I do think it will happen before Trump declares himself a candidate for president again. Well, I hope so, because I just feel like we're waiting and waiting and waiting, and I don't want it to be a situation where he declares and then they have to cut off all the shit. All the hard work they've done, I mean, that would be so defeating. And, I mean, I would lose space. I mean, I know it takes time to – there's plenty of information out there. So I know it takes time to get everything together and to really make a good case. And you never want to prosecute somebody unless you have, like, a major, you know, case with evidence and, you know, you know you have it in the bag. But there – we don't have a lot of time. There is not a lot of time. There's not. But by definition, any indictment that is handed up against Trump, any investigation that's ongoing would have to be done under conditions of the utmost secrecy. Lest Trump find out, if he finds out, the game is up, he'll say, I'm running for president, and that'll be the end of it. So they want to be very quiet about this. The first Trump should know about this is at 6 o'clock some morning when the FBI knocks on the door of Mar-a-Lago. That should be when Trump becomes aware that he's been indicted. I I would sell tickets to that. I'd set up a I would set up a pierogi stand, a pizza stand, and sell tickets right in front of Mar-a-Lago. That's what a I would taco, do. A taco truck. Yeah, you know it. Absolutely. I'd have Absolutely. a DJ there and everything. If I got to see him walk out in handcuffs, I could tell you right now, I would sell tickets to that shit. I would even go streaking. But again, it's an extremely tall order. You have to have, I mean, the evidentiary standard has to be through the roof because, let's face it, this is not only a politically fraught case, it involves a former president of the United States. It's unprecedented. Now, that's not to say that high-ranking federal government officials have not been prosecuted in the past. It happened to Spiro Agnew. He was Nixon's vice president. And the government did, in fact, convict him of tax evasion. You can't get this guy on insurrection when we all watched it for six freaking hours and see all this. I mean, everything they've said in this hearing, even his personal quotes today that were given out, you can't sit there and say, that's it. We're we're getting them. Done and done. Like, forget this. We have enough. It was his personal quote. We're done. I mean, everything has been that damning, and you still can't get him. Look at the history of Donald Trump's entire adult life. He has never, ever faced any personal consequences for his actions, and he has done a laundry list of horrific things to people and to the government and to the United States as a whole. This is a man who understands how to manipulate the legal system. This is a man who understands the concept of getting away with it like no politician we have ever had. No public figure either that ever has. No public figure. He has been essentially above the law this entire time. So, again, if you're Merrick Garland and this is your target for prosecution, you have to come armed with as much evidence and as much of a legal advantage as possible, 
This is not your typical prosecution. You know, prosecutors at every level, federal, state, and local, have over a 90% conviction rate because they don't take cases they don't know they're going to win. Mm -hmm. So this is a tall, tall order. You know, we're going after Donald John Trump, President of the United States, someone who has walked between the raindrops, who has dodged every legal bullet that has ever been fired in this direction, who has an army of lawyers that are willing to drag this out so long that we'll all be old and gray before we get a verdict. This is what they're up against. Voting is paramount. The way that we change and preserve our democracy, again, is to pay attention to who is running and then vote for the candidates who we have shown, who we have seen, are committed to preserving the republic. Well, but, uh, but what do we do with the people who are like, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the best. I mean, I look at it on Twitter. There are people that are so high on her, and I just want to snap them in the neck and say, what is your problem? Number one, she shouldn't wear dresses without sleeves because she does not have the arms for it. Hands down. Number two, it's like when she talks, I mean, peach tree dish. It's like she hasn't gotten out of sixth grade. And the way she, remember when she was like stalking Ocasio-Cortez, who I love, and she was like, like yelling through her little mail slit in her door and she was giggling about it. Like there's a video on it on Twitter. She was videotaping herself doing this. And I'm sitting here thinking, are you five? And how is it that you are this role model of the government? You're not. So whoever votes for her and whoever's still supporting her, go back to school, people. Go back to fucking school because she certainly does not have the intelligence nor the composure to be a government official that is running this country. Sorry, but it's true. And that goes for a lot of other people. And I cannot wait for George Clooney's documentary to come out about the Ohio State wrestling sexual stuff with Jim Jordan. You think Jim Jordan's shitting now? Wait till that comes out. There's a whole lot more, you know, unfortunately, that's going to come out of this Pandora's box mm -hmm. about members of Congress. And just to remind you, Marjorie Taylor Greene is among the people who asked Trump for a pardon mm -hmm. for her role in the January 6th insurrection. Mm -hmm. So on top of being almost functionally illiterate, she helped to overthrow the government. That should even give her constituency in Georgia a moment of pause. She said, what did she say in one of her tweets? She said, if Stacey Abrams wins the election for Georgia, which I hope she does because I love, I love me some Stacey Abrams. She's like, all Republicans should move. Good, because Georgia doesn't want you. Where are you going to move to? Move to Texas because they want to secede from the union anyway. Let them be their own country. Build a goddamn fence around Texas so they can't come in. And when they try and come in, say, well, you're an immigrant now, so eh, you're undocumented. You can't come in. And shift them all to Texas and let them try and sit there without heat and electricity and water because Ted Cruz is on vacation. Let them do it. Ship them off. That's all. And I'm not saying ship off every Republican. I am not anti-Republican. I have a lot of friends who are Republican. We differ in certain things, but socially we are aligned on certain things. They look more of it as a money thing. I look at it as a moral thing. But there are some that will still say, I won't vote for that guy. Good. Those are the good ones. John McCain must be rolling in his grave at this point. He must sit there and shake his head saying, what the hell happened? Good question. Good question. And the thing is, it's not the traditional Republican Party that John McCain would recognize anyway. Now it's the Trump Party. You have, you have all those members of Congress I just named who asked Trump for pardons. You have people like Lauren Boebert. You oh. have oh, Kevin Carthy, Bobblehead. Bobblehead. Hawthorne. These are the people that their constituents are sending to Washington. And you have to wonder why it seems that the Republican Party somehow is insistent on finding these candidates. Look, in Pennsylvania, we have Dr. Oz and Doug Maspiano. Okay, again, Dr. Oz does not live here. We don't need another personality out there. We don't. 
Okay, that is that is still an open question, by the way, whether he in fact lives in Pennsylvania. He probably has a vacation house in the Poconos that he uses, and he's using that as his address. That's what I think. That's entirely possible. We'll find out. But but here's my so so when I look at this, you have certain GOP members of Congress that are the billionaires that i mean still people's money but they're they're the billionaires the millionaires the whatever the mitch mcconnell's whatever then you have these little greasy kids like the marjorie taylor greens and the boberts you know the bobblehead sisters and what i realized is no matter if you are a gop member that is one of the hoity-toity ones or a GOP member that's one of the shit show, go back to the trailer ones, whose husband exposes himself at a bowling alley, Bobert. Um, I feel like they are, and I've known this forever, and Trump even said it, I love you because you're stupid. They prey on the stupid people. They prey on people who are uneducated, who are going to believe all the shiny objects and every word that they tell you. And that, I'm not going to say, like, I'm angry about it. Like, I'm actually, that makes me sad. That makes me sad that we have so many people in this country that do not have, and they, they, they also prey on people like, like people who came back from the military. And I'll tell you why, because they need to feel that sense of brotherhood. That's why, that's why cults do it. That's why, for example, ISIS did it. They would prey on the people who are either depressed or used to, like having to transition into normal life after being in this capacity and having that community there, like they prey on those people and th they bring them in and those people believe everything they say. And it is sad that we have people who will not allow their brains to be developed enough to see past that. Trumpism is a cult. That's what it yeah. is. It's a cult. It's not even the Republican Party. And I know that he's starting to, like, lose his polling numbers, thank God, for 2024. But DeSantis is next in line. And he's yeah. a douchebag. And, and and people like Trump and DeSantis have their constituents essentially brainwashed. Mm -hmm. Because they're not in touch with the reality that we can see being presented by the committee every time that they meet. Mm -hmm. Or the reality that we can see as the evidence of our own eyes and ears, like when Trump asked Brad Raffensperger for 11,780 votes. Then, That's pretty exact, man. You didn't just, like, round it up to, you know, 12,000? That was a pretty evident the exact number of votes that he needed. Uh, when you talk about Ron DeSantis, look at what he is doing in the state of Florida. He, mm -hmm. he is passing or he's signing legislation like the Don't Say Gay Law. Mm -hmm. He is using hate as a base from which to galvanize his constituency, and it's working. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so glad I lived in Florida when Jeb Bush was the governor. I mean, I still didn't agree with a lot of his stuff, but he was a lot better than this. At least he had some kind of, you know, personality and a good one and not spreading hate. His policies sucked. But I can tell you right now, he wasn't an asshole. You know, I just, I, I really, I, I just really feel concerned. And I, I feel saddened by the fact that there are so many people out there that think that hate and that fighting is the only way to get there. Like being a bully is the only way to get to the top. Because, well, as of right now, they're proving it to evade the law but it's 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 really disheartening to me not just about the government and how things are working right now and i know they're trying to show us all the evidence and whatever i just want that i say i say at this point you know what just they could have put him in handcuffs three fucking months ago lock him up forget lock her up lock him up they could have done it months ago and they didn't do it they could have done it a year ago they didn't do it fucking do it but I'm losing my faith also in the American people, not the ones who go out there and really care. But I'm losing faith in the ones who think that that negativity is the only way 
to get where you want. Because I can tell you something, all those people storming the Capitol that day, Trump doesn't give two craps. It's not like he's giving any of them pardons. But the worst part is, is that some of them have not even served any jail time. And the ones that have, it has not been very long. They are going after the major players in the insurrection. I just want to bring that up. They have charged the leaders of the Proud Boys with seditious conspiracy, which is an extremely serious charge under the federal government. They have not yet finished arresting and charging people who have had roles in the insurrection, whether they be major or minor. Uh, just the fact that they're arresting people at all is significant. Yeah. And I, I, I guess it was kind of hard because when it came to, to the riots, like the Capitol Police were doing what they could, but you don't even know at this point who's on what team. You don't know which – and that's what's scary. You don't know which individual is supportive of this or supportive of that. It's like you constantly have to watch your back. And that's unsettling. That should not be our country. Our country has been known to be the most powerful country in the world. And we were the land of freedom and whatever. But I can tell you right now, doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it at all. And well, that's what that's what upsets me because in four years, well, technically five years, five and a half years, we have gone from greatness to fucking toilet. Well, whether we make it to 2026, which will be our semi-quincentennial anniversary as a republic, is entirely up to us. Mm -hmm. It that's is. What I think people have to remember that this is entirely up to us. We still have the power as of right now to choose who our elected leaders are. Mm -hmm. And that comes to us from the power to vote. If we don't want another coup to happen again, and if we don't do something about this past one, which I think the work of the committee is doing, mm -hmm. it will happen again. Trump will look at 2021 as a dress rehearsal for 2025 if he runs and loses in 2024. Mm -hmm. We have the power to change that, to avoid it, to keep it from happening again. That's up to us. The question remains, do we have the will to do that? Are enough of us going to get up and vote and pay attention to what is happening inside our own government? Mm -hmm. I would love to be in Independence Mall on July 4th, 2026, watching the fireworks for our 250th birthday. But whether we get there or not is going to be an issue of grave doubt if things are not made to change. No, agreed. Well, I will tell you right now, if, uh, if we get to that, uh, well, if we don't get to that point, if that's not the situation, I will not be watching the fireworks with you. And if we do get to that situation, I will not be watching the fireworks with you because I'll be hiding in the closet with Nacho yet again for 4th of July. Uh, but Nathan, thank you so much for joining me. This is always a good conversation with you. And for the rest of you out there, you know what? Really do your research. I don't care what state you're in. I don't even care what party you are in. Start to educate yourself because this, it's not okay anymore. It is just not okay and i could tell you if any of us were to pull this shit we'd be the first people that would have handcuffs and in jail there would be no hearings it wouldn't take a year and a half they would just find you and take you and you know what that's never going to change so let there be an example to be set because there is just it's just appalling of how adults are acting like it's romper room. So please do your due diligence and uh, make sure you check out DWJPHL.com again for all of our social media links and links to our archive shows. And of course, my sponsor page of all the wonderful sponsors that have been sponsoring me during the um, Drinks With Just podcast Pride Tri-State 2022 tour. I always get those words mixed up, but it sounds right either way. Uh, again, if you are in uh, Berks County or Montgomery County. I will be at Pride this weekend, so come and say hello. I have a lot of great interviews to do. In fact, my friend Rocco is going to be performing, so he has been on the show several times, so he's going to come and join me on the mic. Um, but 
of course, for the rest of you out there, you have a good night, and we will be talking to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.